From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, our seniors say goodbye to WUB and Ohio University. And I'm really grateful to have been just a small part of this award-winning team. And sports, sports, and more sports. We have everything you need to know about Ohio University baseball and national sports heading into the postseason. These stories and more, right here, on The Outlet. The Outlet is created by a dedicated staff of OU students who volunteer their time every week to bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. While you'll hear a few of them one more time next week during our special on higher education, we wanted to give them all a chance to say goodbye this week. Hi everybody, this is Chloe. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody at WIUV for welcoming me in on the very first week I even got here to campus. I became a member of WB, whether it be through Gridiron and Hardwood or through Newswatch or just getting really to know everybody and, and having built friendships outside of beyond the newsroom. But I will miss everybody and I will forever be thankful for my time here with you all. That was Chloe G. Workman. I cannot thank WOUB enough for what they've given to me. Countless opportunities that set me up for success in the field of journalism, but most importantly, they've given me a family unlike any other. To say that I'm grateful is truly an understatement, and to say thank you does not do WOUB justice. But without the proper words, all I have left to say is thank you to WOUB and thank you to Ohio University. This is Jack Demler signing off. Joining WOUB as a senior was nerve-wracking at first because I didn't know if I had what it took to adapt to broadcast journalism in under a year and then get a job in it. But little did I know joining WOUB would be the best decision I ever made in my college career. I met some incredible people, from producing with Jack every week to anchoring alongside Morgan and Juliana, confiding in Lexi for just about everything, and having Atish as a mentor— It's something I'll cherish forever. Because of WOUB, I feel more prepared than ever to start my job as a TV reporter. And most importantly, I now have memories to last a lifetime. That was Emma Dolan-Mayer. Being a part of the outlet allowed me to be incredibly creative with the content I create. I know with weather especially, it's a little hard to kind of stray from the norm. But being able to do so every single week and go in depth with certain phenomena has just been amazing. That was Aaron Ashley. Hey, Outlet listeners. I'm Lexi Lepoff. I'm one of the reporters for The Outlet and WUB. I am unfortunately a graduating senior, and I'm really grateful to have been just a small part of this award-winning team. I want to shout out our producers, Taylor and Caleb, for always working so hard to make The Outlet what it is. We wouldn't be here without you. I'm going to miss this team so much, And I know that the outlet is going to always continue to soar and be amazing in future years. Thank you. My name is Andre Norrells and I'm a reporter for WOUB. I'm going to miss the hands-on experience we get here and the people that work at WOUB. Everyone is so willing to help if you need it and it's truly an amazing place to learn. Our work is shown on TV, on the WOUB website, and well, on podcast apps. This is hands-on experience that will impact my career forever. And for the last time, for The Outlet, I'm Andre Norris. 
Hi everyone, this is Madison Moore. I can't believe my time at OU and WOUB is finally coming to a close. I can't express how much I've loved telling stories in Southeast Ohio and meeting so many amazing people along the way. The school and program will always have a special place in my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My time at WOUB has been absolutely amazing. I've made friendships that will last throughout the rest of my life and the people I've met. You know, it's all just been one big blessing. Uh, I'm definitely sad to go, but excited to see where everybody else gets to go in their jobs. And I hope uh, I'll be able to keep in touch with everybody. And I hope everybody knows that at least I've seen or that's made any kind of impact on me. I love all of you and I wish everybody the best. That was Jacob Mata. So my time's been short. Uh, I am so grateful for my experience at WOUB. Thank you to everyone who has welcomed me with open arms and pushed me to become a better person and professional in general. I love and will miss you all so, 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 so much. That was Taylor Mondragon. I can't believe I'm recording this as a senior about to graduate college. It's crazy. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I've made so many amazing, beautiful memories throughout this time I've had here, especially in this past year, and I'm so lucky that I got to be a part of such a good group and meet so many amazing people that I will take with me for the rest of my life. Very lucky. Um, I'm so happy that I had such a great experience here with this group of people. Thank you for listening. I'm Peyton Simchek. And these goodbyes include me. It has been a pleasure bringing you news where campus meets community these past two years. You'll hear me one more time next week, but today I wanted to thank you for listening. If you ever have the chance, please support the work WOUB does in this community. Because of them, I'm going on to a very bright future. Beginning this summer, my very talented assistant producer takes over the outlet. But for this week, we have a special sports edition for you. Ohio University's baseball team is riding high after a series win in the Battle of the Bricks. The Bobcats thrilled with a walk-off home run in the finale against Miami. Sports Director Aiden Crowley and Assistant Sports Director Maria Manessi join us to talk about Bobcat baseball, softball, and basketball. So guys, we got a lot coming up this weekend, and we also got some other news for basketball as well. So Aiden, I'm going to start with you. What is baseball looking like so far? Yeah, so baseball is coming off of a series win against their storied rival, the Miami Redhawks, in the Battle of the Bricks. And they kind of won it the Bobcat way from what we've seen so far this season. And that's kind of falling behind early. But then once that seventh inning hits, it seems like this team just comes to life. They've put together some insane comebacks. And this weekend was no different. They won this past Friday 13-10. to They dropped game one of the doubleheader 10-12. to And then they came back. Saturday with vengeance winning an extra innings eight to seven and Maria this puts them in a good spot going into the standings yeah Caleb we talked last week about um seeing where Ohio would move if they could move up in the series with a big series against Miami um they moved up to second place in the mid-american conference standings now with a 13 and 5 record went above Ball State who sits at 10 and 5 currently and then Kent State still takes up that um, number one spot with a 12-3 and three conference record. They've won seven straight. Kent State's the team team to really beat right now. Baseball is on the road this weekend at Indiana, which is a non-conference opponent. But their next MAC series is against Kent State, which is super interesting. 
um, not until the 28th, but just something to look ahead for this team just because it's going to be a big series for them as they look to continue moving up and maybe take over that first place spot. And then, Marie, I'm going to stick with you. What has softball have in terms of upcoming games? Yeah, so softball doesn't play again until April 25th. They um, won one game in their series with Northern, Northern Illinois this past weekend and then dropped another one. Their third game was actually canceled due to snow, I believe, in at Northern Illinois, which is interesting. Um, but, yeah, they don't play again until April 25th when they host Toledo. So, yeah, long break for them, actually, kind of – Kind of weird at this point in the season, but I think that's just how their schedule kind of worked out. No, of course. I think it's also kind of crazy that Illinois is still getting snow in the middle of April. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> I think that's a whole other story. But Aiden, I'm going to go over to you now for we got some basketball news stirring up here in Athens. So tell me about that. Yeah, with the advent of the transfer portal, it seems like collegiate sports are almost year round at this point. You kind of have to be locked in for the entirety of the year just with the landscape of how things are changing in Ohio and Jeff Bowles has proven in the past that they're willing to go after the transfer portal I think the biggest name this past season was Jalen Hunter coming in and he made an impact right away so obviously Jeff Bowles is known for his recruiting and how well he can scout talent and he's been utilizing that also in the underclassmen that he's recruiting out of high school and then in the transfer portal so Bobcats were able to land Sharif Mitchell from Creighton uh, he was a four-year guy at Creighton he still has two years of eligibility with a medical red shirt and then COVID year has also given athletes an extra year of eligibility um, that they lost out on previously. This is a guy who did not make the biggest impact out of big school like Creighton in the Big East, which, which is a very storied program. But when you get guys like that out of a winning program, you can see how well people and players like that are coached in that system. And I think that's a major thing, is that this is a player who's a part of a winning culture, and you can plug him right in next to a guy like Jalen Hunter. They were kind of looking for a backup guy for Jalen Hunter, and I think uh, the Sharif Mitchell uh, pickup will be big for them. There are still some question marks on the front court for the Bobcats with Dwight Wilson graduating, so it's going to be interesting to see who steps up on that side of the floor, who kind of takes that paint presence role coming into the season, but this backcourt for the Bobcats is becoming a little bit more clear as the season starts to approach. Yeah, and then our spring game for Ohio University football was recently as well. So, Aiden, I'm going to go to you first. What was that like? What was the atmosphere like? Like, what was going on? Yeah, so for a lack of a better term, this is almost just like an open scrimmage or for, excuse me, for fans to come in and kind of watch to see what's kind of going on, get a little bit of a measuring stick of who some younger players might be coming in looking to make an impact. But I think one of the biggest stories and one of the biggest takeaways from the event was seeing number seven quarterback Curtis Rourke in full pads. He participated in warm-ups, and he did not participate in the actual game, which wasn't too surprising because there's no real reason to rush him back just five months after an ACL tear. But the fact that he was out there throwing and participating fully in warm-ups and full pads was definitely a sight to see and that was one of the biggest takeaways from the spring game Maria. Yeah and I think also just the offensive firepower like talking to Jacoby Jones after the scrimmage just hearing about how um, well they all work together and how he thinks that just whoever um, gets the ball or whoever's out on the field is going to make an impact no matter who it is and I think that's a big thing in terms of offense as well as just looking at the defensive side under Defensive coordinator Spence Nowinski's second season, obviously what he was able to do with the defense last season. And they bring in a lot of young 
players because they lost a lot of defensive talent after last season. So I think just kind of getting a sense of what they're going to be like this season because defense is going to be a big big question just to see what they can they can get going. Yeah, something interesting as well is one of those leaders coming back, Justin Burchette, who is a secondary player for him. He said when this spring rolled around, they put a point of emphasis on tackling more. They were hitting a lot more over the spring, which they didn't do this past season. And he felt, he was telling us after the game that he felt like that was one of the weaknesses of the defense was wrapping up and ensuring that tackle. And he feels a lot more confident going into the season. But they're really going to be leaning towards those upperclassmen leaders in that locker room because they do have a couple younger people in that back secondary. So it's going to be up to guys like Justin Burchette Bryce Houston and Key Thompson to kind of anchor that defense down and lean in to that Spence Nowitzki defense that we saw improve towards the back half of the season. I think that's players just getting more comfortable with his packages. Ashley Beach, the assistant sports editor at The Post, Ohio University's independent student-run newspaper, recently wrote about JUCO bandits. So, Ashley, what is a JUCO bandit? So, a JUCO bandit is a college baseball player who elects to spend some time at a junior college, um, whether that means they start at a Division I institution or out of high school they go straight to um, a junior college, um, and typically, it's not just Division One; any sort of four-year institution, even if they're like an NAIA rather than an NCAA. But the coin was kind of just like adopt. The term was just kind of coined because junior college players don't have the same luxuries as four-year institutions, even like more more so Division One and Division Two. II. Division Three is a little closer to a junior college type standpoint from what I have gathered. Now, I have no personal experience as a college athlete. Let me just put that out there. But I have friends who are college athletes. I work very closely with college athletes. Um, so I've seen a little bit of all sides. And so they're bandits because they're just, they're out there and they're grinding and they're working for themselves because that's what you have to do as a junior college player. And junior college baseball is a lot larger than everyone thinks it is. There is roughly, like, I think it's 300 junior colleges, I believe, in the United States. They're most, they're, they're more populated down south, um, a little, your Texas, um, that's where Region 5 is. Ohio coach Craig Moore coached at a Region 5 junior college. That was actually his first head coaching job. And there's a lot in California, um, there's some down like your Louisiana, Florida, those kinds of things. Um, it's not really popular in the Northeast. Yes, there's junior college baseball, but it is not as much of, I don't like using the word like the term breeding ground, but that's kind of what it is because some players will choose to go to school in the middle of nowhere in the South because it's an extremely reputable junior college. Yeah, absolutely. So can you talk a little bit more about why athletes choose to take the JUCO route? Yeah. 
a lot of athletes choose because they're not quite ready for a four-year institution, either mentally, physically, they're not equipped to be playing the, that kind of level of ball, or, you know, financially, they're, they're not ready to kind of take on the, not necessarily burden, but responsibility of, of four-year institutions tuition, especially because once you get past most Division One schools, Division Two and Division Three in the NCAA, most of those schools are private. So your tuition is going to be a lot higher. Your one-year school might cost what it would have cost to be at a four-year school. Um, so I spoke with Tom Arrington, who um, is the baseball coach at San Jacinto College in kind of around the Houston area. Um, and he's been with San Jack for 21, I believe it's over 20 seasons, I think 21 years at this point. Um, and he explained from his own personal stance why he, as a player, decided to go the junior college route. And it was because he wasn't quite ready to leave home, and he knew a lot of his friends were going to go there, and he really liked the coach that was there. And he talked about his son, who decided to go to a junior college, but his daughter decided to go straight to a four-year institution. That's kind of what I've gathered from talking with um, several of Ohio University's players who have gone the junior college route is they wanted more time to develop because at a JUCO, it's freshmen and sophomores and with the COVID route, maybe a junior or two, but they're they're not having to face a four-year, fifth-year senior who's throwing 90 right off the bat or they're not expected to throw 90 right off the bat. It's a great place to kind of learn who you are as a player, as a person, and just kind of develop with still incredible competition. So how does this route differ from maybe a freshman who starts at a four-year college, especially when considering going pro? Yes. So the major league draft shrunk. It used to be about 40 rounds, and they, they cut it down. So you can you can go into the draft. I believe it's right out of high school or right out of junior college, or if you're at a four-year, your junior year. So players who decide to go junior college can kind of work their way towards that draft a little bit easier. But the biggest thing that differs is you have to go through the recruiting process twice. So you have to go through the recruiting process right out of high school. And once you get to your your final year of junior college baseball, you have to find, you either elect to not play somewhere and elect to just become an academic person, or if you are gifted, you are either, you're brought to an NAIA school, you're brought to a Division One, a Division Two, a Division Three, so that you can continue your career. Um, there's, there's showcases for these kinds of things, much like what you would do when you were a, a senior out of high school. Um, I spoke with Bob Halvick, who runs um, Juco Root on Twitter, and they do showcases mostly out towards the West, but they're kind of, they're coming across, they've been through nine states, where they just invite all the junior colleges in the area and all the, the kids who are looking for kind of that Juco experience. But that is more aimed more for high school seniors. Now, Ohio's Will Sturick, who I talked to for this story, he he went to a JUCO and then kind of after that was he was in the COVID group and he was he wasn't quite sure if he was going to continue because he was he was kind of in that route of 
am I going to get recruited by another school or should I just go back home? Because Will is from Minnesota. So, you know, baseball is really weird out there. Like they, Iowa, Minnesota, all that. Baseball is kind of weird out there. Um, So he told me his story about how he put out feelers and he hadn't really heard from anyone yet, which he eventually heard from Ohio. Um, So he was fully prepared to just kind of go back to Minnesota, but his his family suggested that he waited out, and that's that's it. Like an OU freshman who comes here, they might sit a whole season. They might not play, but a freshman who goes to a junior college is probably going to play right off the bat. And you get you get more games and more fall practice than you do in, in a junior college than you do at a Division One because of just how their playing times rules are. That was Ashley Beach from The Post. This segment is part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running, independent student-run newspaper and WUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post, and the audio was brought to you by the week. production Thanks team for joining WUB. us. To read Ashley's full story, each week by visit thepostathens.com. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy the show. Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. Or find us online at wub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore wub and Instagram at newswatch underscore wub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio focusing on higher education.